And her friend's like, oh, my God, that intro is so funny. <laughs> it's like, like, that was, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad me busting my nose with a. Yeah, so I'm glad I'm glad our audience is 14 year old teenage girls. You got to start somewhere. It's building blocks. It's building blocks. <laughs> oh. Tons of times where if we, we were just going, we could have actually started the podcast. If we could have already. We were kind of doing our podcast and like That's, not yeah. doing our podcast. Right, we'll start now. So we probably should start. I'll start now. Start now. Welcome to Running now. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the interruption. Welcome to Running Beer and BS, a podcast where we discuss those things and a little bit more. I'm Flores. I'm um, Johnny. And welcome to episode three. Today we're going to talk a little bit about volunteering, crewing, our stories of those being done to us and us doing those to others oh my i feel like that's gonna put us on a list do one to others now Uh, we're not now we're not allowed within 100 feet of a school yeah that's i gotta move now just like that it's a thing it became it's such a an inconvenience but this week was my week to bring a beer uh this beer literally gave john chills we started drinking it probably about 20 minutes ago because it's a it's a big boy tonight It's it's a it's a it's got some hoof it's got a little bit to it. So it's Perrin Brewing Company. Um, did we see where they were from? I did not see where they were Perrin from. Perrin Brewing Company, Comstock, Michigan. Comstock Park, Michigan. Uh, we are drinking the Vietnamese Porter, the No Rules Vietnamese Porter. It is an imperial porter aged in oak bourbon barrels, sitting at a hefty 15% ABV. It's really good. It's it's not super boozy. I mean, that, that initial drink I took had a little bit of booziness to it, but... uh. I mean, that was maybe a little bit more of a gulp than it was a drink. Yeah, that so. was John didn't actually look at the bottle. He's like, "Oh, this stuff looks delicious." Took a big gulp and and had the goosebumps. Yeah, it's not usually when they have like the bourbon barrel ones. You usually get like that real, real boozy uh, on on the front and back. But this seems like you get a little bit on the nose, but it's it's pretty smooth afterwards. The uh, the character on the I, that is a uh, that's in a reference to um, the bowling movie. The dude, the dude obliges. That's Big Lebowski. Yes, that's the character. That's uh, John Goodman's character from uh, Big Lebowski, isn't it? I don't know. I believe it is. Because they say the, something on the side of it. The purple, the purple is supposed to be a bowling ball. Yeah, with a classic film reference weaved into the label art. Yeah. Look at that! You I like you, it. you read between the lines. I uh, I got a little artsy on you there. Yeah, we haven't drank enough of this yet because you can you can make out what's on the label. Maybe we I drink enough and I can make out what's on the label. Maybe that's because it is a little blurry. It's <laughs> you can't see any of it, but it's like that's weird. You drink this entire bottle and you see a dude holding a <laughs> bowling ball. What was that character's name? Do you remember? I don't. I don't. Mm. Not at all. No. I would. There's a computer right in front of me, and I could look it up, but that's just a lot of work. That's a lot. Only if there's a website. Mm. That if there was only a way that you could like type information in and then it would spit out an answer to you. So anywho, there you go. Yeah. So that's the beer we're drinking. <laughs> and that's a rabbit Man, hole that, that we just threw down. That took a took a hard turn. But yeah, Vietnamese Porter from Perrin Brewing Company out of Michigan. It's pretty good. It's it's smooth. Like, For fifty like percent, it it's it's quite Quite smooth. I think I got this from Anderson's. I got it as a gift. I think they got it from Anderson's. Oh. Sadly gone. Yeah. R.I.P. Anderson's. R.I.P. 
So we're going to catch up a little bit what's happened in the last week or so. Um, we had to record our last podcast a little early because John was going on vacation. So oh, we can boy. talk about why John was n- not here in the freezing cold. Well, John was enjoying some beautiful rays uh, down in Playa del Carmen. Uh, if you ever get a chance for any reason to go down to Playa, I highly, highly recommend it. I was actually... We had some guys who were in the trip with us, and they were saying that they had been to Playa like years ago, and um, they were saying that the road that you used to have to take from Cancun down into Playa used to be like it's like super sketch, like two lanes, scary as shit road, and like people were literally not going to Playa because of it. And then once you got into Playa, there was like nothing. It was just kind of like uh, okay, like a, a back city. to like resort city kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it was like there was like a city and like some resorts around it like it wasn't nothing fascinating what's crazy is when we went there first off there was like this massive four-lane highway that takes you down in there it's 40 minutes south of um uh cancun and it's like i said four lanes the whole way you can get in there really easily um but the super cool thing is the resort we stayed at the royal there's a little plug send us some money uh it was the Royal, not yet a sponsor. <laughs> uh, the Royal was like the way it's situated was right on one of the main corners in Playa, and you could walk out and in any direction was like super cool nightlife. I mean, and by the way, their nightlife stays open until like four in the morning, and they, I mean, they go hard until four in the morning. Uh, really cool restaurants. Um, and then like, if you just weren't feeling like a bigger meal, like the number of like street taco trucks that were set up and all that kind of stuff was like really, really outstanding. Um, the downside of this is there was not a single, not one step of running was conducted (laughs) in the five days that I was there. No, uh, no weight room was put in no stair stepper. Literally, the only exercise was 12-ounce curls. I mean, it's there's every once in a while, I think we all need just that, like, just a way. Like, it, we're just not doing shit. It was nice. It was, it was nice right up until we came back. Uh, <laughs> we, we, Vacation was great right until we got back home. We flew in Monday night. Um, we flew in Monday night. Tuesday, I get to go for a run, and I, I could taste and feel every single taco and every single (laughs) shot of tequila i did down there um oh on the note of tequila the really cool thing about this resort no this resort had so many really cool features one of the really really neat things was they had a tequila bar so it was an all-inclusive so if you just wanted to drink like you know anywhere from like nasty well tequila to you know mid-shelf they had that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. ready to go if you wanted to go ahead and like pay a little bit extra, they had some tequilas that were like, I mean, off the charts. Like, it is one of those things where you're like, uh, you know, like you hear people are like, the new cool thing is to drink tequila straight, maybe a little bit on the rocks or something like that, uh, to kind of a sipper. And um, for whatever reason, I decided this is this is the time that we expand. So uh, for all you tequila aficionados out there, forgive me if I don't get the name of this perfectly right, but it was like a, it was um, Don Julio 
Real, I believe, or yeah. or real. Um, <laughs> and uh, it is 510 pesos, $28. For a bottle? For a shot. Oh. For a shot. <laughs> is I that w- like resort costs or is that like... Th- or so were their costs pretty? That I, their cost seemed to be really fair across the board because the resort was, as a matter of fact, oddly enough, I think the resort was a little bit cheaper because one of the other nights we walked out three or four blocks, maybe a little bit more up from our resort to like it's like more of a locals kind of like spot, and um, they had it there also. Yeah, and we decided. This stuff is good. We're gonna keep drinking it, and it was—I want to say—it was like maybe thirty-three bucks wow. American, but so I mean five dollars American. You know, right. I mean? not a huge, but it did seem like the resort had a little bit less. So, but I, I uh, that was one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. It had huh. like it's like really like smoky kind of uh, uh, almost oaky kind of taste to it. It was really really good, and it was it was you could just sit there and you could like sip it and really enjoy it. That's the that's the crazy thing about tequila is I mean here in the states we just drink crap tequila because yeah, it's just like yeah. I just want tequila yeah yeah and but like if you have some good tequila like it, that's that's my th- I'm a big like if I'm gonna drink like I usually don't yeah but if I do it's it's usually like Patron and grapefruit yeah or just straight on the rocks because yeah. it's like it's it's enough to sip Patron's obviously not like top top shelf by any means yeah. but it's it's enough up there that. It's, was, it's delicious. I was super impressed. I was really impressed by it. So I totally forgot to even bring this up. Uh, Jonathan, Kayla, a whole bunch of people being really, really, really good neighbors and good friends uh, when we were driving oh. to <laughs> golly days. So we get up early. We're heading like to the airport. Like I am. So, so not to, not to interrupt, but to interrupt. So this yeah. is right after we recorded. So we recorded the night before he was basically leaving. We talked about that, that I had to run. He had to go home and pack and actually leave. So we were, we were up pretty late recording that episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we had to uh, drop off your truck oh, at, yeah, to get yeah. service yeah. and then God, took you back home. Is. And then so the next morning, Right after we recorded the episode is when this so, so happened. I so we get up, we we did any take. Like Jonathan said, the, my truck had to go in to get some some goofy work done on the headlight. So we're taking uh, my wife's traverse in, and uh, we're driving down I seventy one. It is uh, maybe five thirty, five fifty in the morning. I think yeah. somewhere in there, uh, roughly four degrees outside, and all of a sudden we hear this thump. And my wife is my wife is instantly like, "What was that?" I'm like, "Oh, I think it was just like a chunk of ice falling off the off the bottom, like no just big, a raccoon." No big, deal, no big deal. And my wife's like, "I don't know." So I'm like, "Nah." And then I no more. We get done having this conversation. All of a sudden, the little yellow like air pressure thing <laughs> comes on. I'm like, "You gotta be shitting me." And my wife, my wife, thinking quick, is like, "Well, switch it over. See what the psi is on the tire. Thumb it through the little like." instrument choices and i'm like you gotta be kidding it's all the way down to 20 mm. and i'm like oh look it's holding it's, it's like that's cool it's like holding at 20 for some reason for us shouldn't have said it as soon as i said it it's like <laughs> 20 17 16 15 14 i'm like oh my god we're in the far left i'm like swerving across traffic so here we are like 5 56 a.m in the morning and i am changing a tire on the way to the airport in like four degree weather um that that was absolutely ridiculous. We get somehow, some way, because I am not a mechanical kind of person, we still somehow managed to get to the airport on time, uh, only to find out that, hey, 
Had your flight been on time, you totally would have made it. Your flight is 40 minutes late. So uh, go chill out for a little bit. I'm like, God, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> you rushed all the way there. Oh. I felt I felt so bad because I was I was running during this time. I think I started that run. I think I started that run at like 4:15 or 4:30. Oh, I'm like, because I had a pretty long run. So I get I get home and Kayla's like, Did you answer the Rutherford's call? And I'm like, <laughs> What call? She's like, Didn't you have your phone? And I'm like, I'm not running with my phone. What kind of Neanderthal runs with their phone. Yeah, I don't have an armband with my phone. <laughs> Did sorry, it, did I, sorry for people who do that. Did I just? Oh, sorry, sorry, you people. So I was like, no, I don't have my, I don't have my phone with me. And I look, and I'm like, oh, I've got four missed calls. And she's like, yeah, I, I got them too. And I was working out, and you know, luckily we have a, we have a neighbor that's that's uh, friends with both of us that was able to help out a little bit. Or well, it was. Funny, I don't know what like, she did for you guys. Absolutely but. nothing. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, luckily we have a neighbor that helps out. What did she do for you? Nothing. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Good cool. story. Good story. Yeah, good no, story. No, like bro. somehow I end up getting like. I, I cannot stress how unmechanical I am. And somehow even I managed to get the tire switched and all that kind of stuff at like four degrees and, and get it parked. Um, we, we used uh, the parking spot there on Steltzer next, you know, right there next yeah. to the airport. Um, those guys were really cool because amongst multiple other phone calls that we had to make from Mexico or text message shooting back, one of them was to my dad like, hey, by the way, if you happen to get a couple seconds, can you go to Steltzer and and, and get the flat tire out of the back of our car, take it somewhere, see why it went flat, see if it can be plugged. Uh, you know, and if you get a chance to go ahead and take it back, <laughs> the, the guys at the, or the, the, the staff at, uh, the parking spot was super cool because not only did they let my dad on with like no grief or anything like that, but they, uh, dad said they helped them like jack the car up. Oh, they, nice. to- they totally helped him change the tire. They like gave him water while he's changing. Yeah. It. So we'll shout them out the parking spot for Dude. the, uh, Columbus Airport. What's the airport called now? It's it changes name, right? Uh, John is it the John? I think it's John Glenn International. Yeah, yeah. yeah. CMH. So they're right. Uh, yeah, CMH. They're the parking spots right off of Seltzer. Yeah, you can't really miss the their sign from from the highway. But shout out to them for helping out. Um, maybe maybe they're a runner. Maybe they're listening to this random. That would be awesome though. That would be awesome. We get we get a write up on that. We get a we get that DM. <laughs> they slide into them DMs. Slide them DMs. Um, but yeah, so that's uh that's what happened. In John's week, my week was not as as eventful. Um, I had what I'm kind of calling like a blah week of running. I was just super busy with personal stuff and work stuff, and it just kind of made like didn't get enough sleep, and then my runs were blah, and I just, I mean, I put decent miles up this week, but not really what I wanted to, but made it to the end of the week. I'm still standing and smiling, so I guess that's, uh, that's a win. Yeah. It counts. I, I got to run with a... I got to run with the legendary yeah. possum herder himself last night or yesterday. I was super, fact. super jealous of yeah. that. So the, I had a corporate video gig and John wanted to run and I, I couldn't cause I was running a little earlier. And then I check our, I check our Twitter page and I'm like, that's some bullshit. Yeah. We're like red with Mark Carroll. I'm like, that's, I didn't get invited to this bullshit, but, but John knew I was working. So we always, so it's going to be a thing. We're going to run like, that's kind of uh Mark is like making some like, Kind of made a loose schedule. Always try to run on the weekends nice. together. So, um, but it, 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 the the danger of running with Mark is he's super modest, <laughs> and it's like uh, as long as you're running and like you can keep the topic on something fairly neutral, the pace stays kind of kind of solid, kind of comfortable. Uh, yesterday we had Keith Flint with us, who is just a I mean just an absolute freak of nature runner, and it's crazy because those guys have known each other for. 150 decades, years, I think. Decades and decades. I mean, they go all the way back to the 80s when they were at Ohio U together. 
Um, but those two are um, very, very, very advanced in physical therapy and stuff like that. And they've both done like crazy studies. I mean, they're like their depth of knowledge is off the charts. So we're running yesterday, and like I said, the first you know handful of miles, no big deal, you know, just typical running kind of conversation stuff. And then somehow, some way, these two get to talking about like these like super high end crazy studies, and like I think I. I was starting to tail off at this point, but I thought I heard them talking about they did a study in like 84 or 85 where they wanted people to run a marathon. And then in the midst of the marathon, you would stop and they would biopsy. They were taking like like needles, I guess, or something and like pulling out, extracting pieces of muscle out of your <laughs> calf or something. So I could, strong chance I misheard yeah. heard this, but I'm like, holy shit. Mind you, they're talking about doing this, and the the times they were saying there, I'm not going to, you know, throw their information out. The times they were saying he was doing it was insane. But they're, so they start talking about all this, like, really cool stuff for them. And then I happened to look down at my watch, and our pace had dropped, had sped up, when mm-hmm. I say dropped, had sped up by a solid minute Gosh. on the mile. Just because these two are, like, all geeked out, yeah. like, talking about it. They're like, oh, they're yeah. They're, like, super excited. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm literally just dangling onto their, like, <laughs> their the tails of their shirts. Uh, thank God one of them needed to stop and use your restroom. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I like, can catch up. I can breathe. I don't know if you saw on Facebook, but I was commenting with Mark, and I was like, so did John tell you, or did John harass you into doing an interview? Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I don't know anything about running or beer, but I know a little bit about BS. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? That's perfect. We'll take it. So he, he did. He did throw out this really cool like idea. Um, we are finishing up. We we're like maybe a mile out from finishing up, and he's like, you know, it'd be a really really cool podcast is just have um, uh, Scott Wolf and Casey Clark uh, just give them the mics and let them start to talk and and because those two uh, are like pretty well known for being two of the best pacers ever um, because essentially, uh, in my opinion, or at least what I want in a pacer is someone who can, you know, I don't need like a ton of motivation. I don't need a ton of like, you know, get up and go kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. just, I just need my mind taken off from the pain. And those two are like, they're like Laurel Hardy. Like they're the perfect like scenario for that where like you just, all right, guys, start talking, and then they just start rambling. They just on. start going, and and, I, and from what I've been told, they are hilarious to be behind. Um, I mean, just the, just in the short runs I've done with Scott, I'm just like I've gone on like four or five mile runs with yeah. Scott, and I'm just like, oh, I I can imagine what a long run would oh, be yeah. with you. And I so and uh, granted, I only know I I literally only know one or two races where you're allowed to have two pacers. Yeah. Most times you're going to have a boat. For those, for those really cool races, we're allowed to have two pacers for whatever reason. Uh, uh, from what I've been told, those guys are absolutely phenomenal to have in front of you and just basically watch them like a television. <laughs> and just watch the anti <laughs> I'm just going to tune into this yeah, yeah. anti-home road show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well, first-time listeners, we did ramble a little more than usual but there's just a lot that's a lot that's happened this past week and this beer is delicious so well and you know it, like we said it's it's running beer and and bs yeah. so there, there's your solid portion of yeah, bs we definitely got the bs portion in this but we're gonna transition a little bit here and talk about the main topic of the evening which is volunteering and crewing we'll start with volunteering and just some 
I don't know, some like, I don't say stories, but they're kind of stories of just like how volunteers have helped us and like the kind of volunteering we've done. Um, I don't know if you want to go or. So, I mean, I, I, when you and I were talking about this idea for this podcast, I, I mean, I immediately, the first person that popped into my head, um, and I, and I think I even told you about her was, uh, Kim Boner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I have taken the swing at Mohican three times. Yes, three, three, times. Times. three times. I've taken a swing at Mohican three times. Uh, she was the volunteer coordinator the first year I uh, I took it on, and she was phenomenal. Um, I've done you know done a handful of races, and usually you know your volunteer coordinators they're kind of there. I mean, they do a pretty good job of getting your aid station set up and they do all this kind of good stuff. The thing that really blew my mind and really impressed me about Kim as a volunteer uh, coordinator was when she would put on a training run, it was, it was almost a, it was almost an educational mm-hmm. session where she was not only like, okay, well, you know, hey, we're here to run this section, and uh, we'll see you guys in a couple hours. No, she was like taking people who had never ran that section and like teaching them the sections of that course, that part of Mo. Gotcha. And, and it was just like really cool. Um, she's one of the reasons I know the Mo course. Well, what you, I, from what I understand, they changed Mo course, but she she essentially taught me the Mo course. You know, her and a couple other people. But um, not only would she do that, but she would, you know, set out aid at multiple points, and like it wasn't just like, oh, we'll put down a couple gallons of water. It yeah. was, it was great. I mean, she was, she was the quintessential perfect uh, volunteer. Um, and that's like a different. That's like a different take on volunteering too, because you think of when I think of volunteering, when I thought of this idea initially, yeah. when we talked about it was almost like the actual race day kind of thing. Yeah. But that's like, a, that's taking it to a different level is, you know, she's, she's coordinating volunteers, but she's also helping out people that don't know the course and, yep. and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a coach. Oh, it was great. And so like, no, I mean, so, you know, don't give me, I mean, on a, on a hundred miler, you're talking about 40. Cause by the way, your volunteers, they're not just there when you're coming through the aid station. I know that's like, oh, <laughs> like they're they're there hours before the race starts. Yeah. They're often there hours after the race stops because they got to clean up, they got to set up all this kind of stuff. So like, you know, I mean, the amount of time and energy a volunteer puts into an aid station or whatever is is off the charts during the hundred miler. Um, so take that and imagine Ken was putting that kind of like effort and attention to detail into it. Six months into advance, yeah. I mean, she was leading. She was leading. She was leading uh, runs. I want to say in like December or January. I mean, it was crazy how far in advance she was leading runs, Um, and and she maintained that all the way through. Yeah. So you know, um, yeah. She was. She is. She's one. She is top notch people without a doubt. Yeah, that's just that's a different side of it for sure. I think it's there's a there's a lot to volunteering. I think when I think of volunteers i go back to really the big races that i've done is really the possum 50k for the five years that i've done it and one of the one of the pr- people that really helped push me along was which andrea andrea owsley oh um, yeah she's like she's like star star award volunteer i think like 
it's it's crazy the amount of times that she volunteers and how she she does multiple things. She does basically whatever you ask her to do, she's gonna do. And I remember this last one. I was um, I was trying to get a PR for the 50k, and I was like pushing through any shit that I had. And I just remember coming into the aid station. She got this like smiling face, like you got this, you got this. And you know, she gave me some soup, and it was a great time. And then like I'm just sitting there wanting to relax. I'm like, okay. I'm five miles away because it was the lap, the campground yeah, aid station. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm five miles away. Or it was less than that at that point. Well, that's like three miles. I, I think it's a 5K in from there. Yeah. Because yeah, you take that shortcut back. That's right. That yeah, one. it's a yeah. shortcut back. So, yeah, it's a 5K left. And I'm just like, I'm like, all right, you, you know, I'm, I'm like feeling bad for myself. I'm like, my legs hurt. I don't want to move. And then, like, she just instantly turned the switch of just, like, get your ass back on the course. Yeah, like, yeah. shut your mouth and just do it. Like, there's just no excuses. So she goes from this, like, side to side, like, you know, I'm so caring, so caring. And it's like, she also is caring, telling me to just get your ass back yeah. on the trail. She goes from, she does, she has this really amazing ability to go from very maternal and very compassionate to like quasi drill sergeant. Yeah. Like, shut <laughs> up, get up now. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. But I think that's what you need in volunteers, like a mix of like Kim and, and Andrea. It's just like, you want to have people that, it's basically volunteering itself is about caring about other people. I mean, that's, it's the ultimate. I mean, That's it's, really it's, what it is because you're you're not only like in Kim's case helping people prepare for the for the race, but she's also there literally all day yeah, running yeah. around to different aid stations and that sort of thing. Especially a race like Mo, where you know, I mean, it's thirty hours of yeah, thirty two hours, thirty two hours of just making sure that shit goes right. And like John said, these these people at the aid stations, you know, you see them at the aid stations, but obviously they've been there hours before and hours after and they stay all day there's people they have shorter shifts but most most people like the race ca- the uh aid station captains stuff like that they're all day you know you see them in their tents right next to the thing where they they work for a few hours take a quick nap and they're back at it prime example prime example of a aid station captain never ever 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 leaving their post is uh Bree Gannon for those of you out there who has ran Mo 100 or or any iteration there of Mo, cause, I mean, obviously she'd be there for the 50 miler or the marathon. Yeah. She is the captain for the covered bridge aid station, which is a pivotal aid station. Like you hit that one a lot, and, and you hit it on all the loops. It's and it's 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 out there. You know, it's going to be one of the furthest out ones you hit. Um, I don't know that I ever went through the aid station at Mo at any time on any of the times I've ran it and she was not up like just waiting on people hand over. I mean, just whatever they needed, however they needed it. Um, and, and so that actually alludes to a, another good point. Uh, in case you ultra runners, um, were not aware, we are a bunch of prima donna, <laughs> like needy ass. We're a bunch of babies. That's oh how I listed in my God, notes. Just needy ass orphans. I mean, the level of pampering. But where's my tailwind? What, what do you mean? This is this is the this is the generic uh, this is the generic noodles and soup. I wanted the you know. It's I just, wanted cup of noodles. Yeah, I wanted cup of noodles. What do you mean you gave me ramen? It is crazy. And so to think that. Aid station workers stand there and take that all day, all night. And I and, and I will honestly, I have never, ever, ever seen an aid station worker lose their cool. No. 
on a uh, on a runner. So yeah, not yeah. to say that it hasn't happened. Oh, but I'm, I'm I'm sure someone has gotten hit upside the head once or twice. It, it probably about, deserved it 100. Oh, they definitely, like, without a doubt, deserved getting hit. They went over that line, but I think yeah. what what makes the crazy thing is these people we're talking about. It, they've been around the sport. They they're runners themselves. They understand that they also get that way. Yeah, they get yeah, yeah. loopy. <laughs> yeah. They become prima donna. So it's it's one of those where they understand it. So I think that's where they take it. And, and they and they keep coming back for more. It's so, we're so like, dumb. Imagine that. We're like, so dumb. That's like the that is the definition of insanity. Like these people know that they're going to have to listen to people whine and cry all day, all night. And guess what? They keep they coming come back. back every year to keep being awesome volunteers and like uh, aid and 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 help out and all that kind of stuff. So I, I like I. The Gannons as a whole, you know, the whole family, yeah. I, I like they're all great people and they're always, you know, at the aid stations helping out. Bree, I will say Bree is kind of the, the matriarch. She's kind of the leader of the crew and, and, you know, the one that kind of leads the pack in that sense. But, you know, Andrea, Kim, uh, those are just the ones that really pop in my head. You know, and I, she, one of the oddest photos, like my wife, every now and then, I remember the first couple times she came across it, talking about really good aid station workers we've ever come across are like really unique stories is uh when i was out running tahoe i one of the i think it might be it might be one of the only photos i took of an aid station and oh. <laughs> creepy <laughs> creepy enough it was a little boy <laughs> so i kind of even remember doing it thinking this kid is awesome i mean the kid was like i don't know 11 or 12 years old and uh, I mean, the little dude was just hustling, man. I mean, he was all over the place. I honestly think if one of those nasty runners would have asked him to pull socks off and put socks on, little dude would have done it. You know, yeah, you it was that. it was just amazing. So I mean, even him, you know, like you run across these volunteers, and you know, I I would say if if you know if I was ever a race director, if I was ever had like my say, I would it would almost be a rule. That when you leave the aid station, you had better say thank you to those, to those, yeah. to those, you know, aid. And even that's not enough. You know, you just can't say thank you, you enough. You can't say thank you enough. And we've been talking a lot about the trail races because that's kind of like, that's kind of our, our thing when we do the longer races. But even on road races and stuff like that, I try to make a point of every time I leave you know, one of these stations, like, like in the New York city marathon, there's yeah. 50,000 people that are like, I want the cup of water, water. Where's the water at? And it's like, listen, here, water. listen, here. <laughs> listen here, jackass. Like these people have been up since four o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah. filling these stupid ass cups for you. And, and by the way, on the road ones, you're just like those, like those road heathens are simply throwing yeah. the cups back on the ground. And, so then, and then there's somebody with a rake <sighs> that is picking them all up and they're doing it with a smile. Yeah. And it's like, so no matter what, uh, one, I try to make sure I don't throw my shit on the ground yeah, if I can. Yeah. But it, anytime I see any aid station, anything like that, I try to thank the volunteers because I've only been on the other side a few times, like with the hangar race series, you know, doing that and volunteering a little bit on that aspect. I'm getting anything. John talking about like us doing basically coming back for more. John talked about, in the last episode, he's the uh, he's the beer volunteer for Forget the PR. Great job. So Mark Carroll posted on Facebook saying that he needed some people or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, I'll help out, whatever. He's like, how do you feel about parking duty? 
<laughs> like morning parking. He's like, he's like, I know you, you, you do a lot for the sport. He's trying to like, he's like, you do a lot for the sport, so I can understand if you don't want to. I'm like, well, thanks for making me like an asshole. That if I, if I don't volunteer, <laughs> that like now I'm a real big jerk. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing parking. Duty. I'm like, what time do I need to be there? He's like, I don't know, like six. And I'm like, I- in the morning? <laughs> like, wait, did- at Mohegan? Like, yeah. oh, oh, I mean. That's cool. Yeah. So so you will see me. I don't know if I'm wearing a vest. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna be helping uh, park cars. Just guiding cars into that one parking lot up there. By Wait, it's not. Know. It's not a valet. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they can give their keys to you. <laughs> you know? If they want to get their car back, bring bring that nice whip. Gotta love that um, Hispanic reference. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, you know, <laughs> I got that tough job of you know. Beer winch. <laughs> so one for you, two for me. Come see me. Yeah, but I think I think what John and I like in in these few instances that we have, it's like volunteers definitely can make and break a race if they're not good and they don't help you and they just kind of piss you off. You're gonna leave an aid station not being happy, and then that just kind of ruins the mood until the next aid and station. And it's, it's amazing how much on these long ultras and stuff like that, how much your psyche plays into it too. So if, yeah, if, sure. if, if a volunteer or an aid station just absolutely like shits in your Cheerios, it can really mess with your head from that aid station next. Um, but you know, we'd be remiss if, so, you know, it's one thing to talk about having great aid station and great volunteers, but we missed how important it is to have great crew too, because, yeah, for sure. um, you know, yeah, the volunteers and the aid station workers are giving up their time. Um, but, you know, you got to think your crew is going to do some pretty, like, in a lot of situations, your crew is going to do some pretty heinous stuff. And uh, uh, they're going to put some lube in some pretty gnarly places. And they're going to do some stuff for you that is, like, unbelievable that they would do for you. Right. And when we're talking about crew for people that haven't done ultras yet, because you will, because you'll get addicted to doing those kinds of things. You know, when you hit the... 50 mile, you, you kind of have a small crew. 100K, probably about the same. It's really when you hit the 100 mile and longer is when you're going to need a full off, really a crew crew. And that's basically people that, are, you know, they know what you want without you asking for it. You know, like John said, you know, you've got you got some javing issues and there you can't reach there and they're going to have to. Or you can't bend over to change your nasty ass socks and put new shoes on. Guess what? They're going to clean your feet. And they're going to put the socks yeah. on and stuff like that. So they... They definitely see some some gnarly kind hey, of stuff. Shout out to Jen Rutherford. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the crew uh, chief doesn't do any of that. She hires uh, that out, right? I, I, you may get a comment on the uh, on the thread for that one. <laughs> I promise you, she's done some pretty brutal stuff. But it's it's an interesting thing from the bull side. So you in your crew, you have the people that do the nasty shit. I'll call it that. Like. I know I've seen Jen at the at Mo or at other races too, carrying like that red wagon. Yeah, yeah. The red wagon the with red all wagon. with all of your shit. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, where's my bag at? I left it. No, that's a whole another story. But um, kudos to her because yeah. what she do? She got that bag. She she found the bag. And we <laughs> had tailwind to finish. I'm not coming back here. He's gonna finish. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you have those people that that help you on that side. So you know, changing the socks, changing the shoes, making sure you have the clothes, making sure you're eating and kind of the, the point of the crew is to make sure that you're not having to think all you're having to do is move forward. Yeah, yeah. So you have the people that are helping you prepare to get there. And then you also have your pacers. And w- those are obviously a, a very big part of the crew. Cause it's, uh, I was able to pace John on his Mo finish for the third lap, mostly because it was for the documentary and, you know, he needed somebody else to run with, but that was so funny because it was the uh, first time uh. I had ever ran at Mo. 
and he got the night shift. Yeah, and I got and I got third loop with straight night shift. So it's like we start off as a little bit of sun, and then like we're like deep in the woods. <laughs> Is that still giving you goosebumps? That's <laughs> got some oomph. And it's like I keep like tripping over shit and stuff like John, and and it, I think it's helping John because the point of the pacers. Um, at that point, because you really only get pacers. So usually for most races, you only get pacers for the second half of the races is yeah. about where it's at. And with it, the point of the pacers is to keep the person's mind off of, oh, shit, this hurts and I don't want to do this yeah, anymore. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're just talking literally about anything. I remember like a week and a half leading up to it. John and I had like very little conversation because I was like, I don't want to run out of shit to talk about because <laughs> like while we do it. But but while we were running. Obviously, my first time at Mo, I was tripping over everything. Uh, I cannot stress, <laughs> cannot stress over everything. Everything. Yeah. So, like any single, any single like rock, root, rock, root, air. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I think I think a Kate, that year we had Katie Dids uh, the the cicada no, not Katie Dids the cicadas. cicadas we had the thirteen year cicadas <laughs> out I think he tripped over one of their shells I, I might have and uh, so but it was so funny because like I didn't like trip and I didn't fall anytime but you can hear that and thump. and trail runners know this so you hear you hear like that and then like that stutter step so you hear the thump and then like the stutter step John's like seriously <laughs> that was pretty just thump. pick up your feet. <laughs> And it's just like, and I'm just, I'm just giggling the entire time because, because at this point I'm like, I'm like eight miles in or 10 miles in John's like 60 and change. And I'm like, this is funny. Yay. <laughs> He's getting so annoyed. Yeah. Uh, there may have been some death threats. There may have been some threats of amputation. Yeah. So, uh, but what's funny is, so not only did he get the night loop, but he also ran, uh, he ran the entire, you ran the entire third loop. Yeah, I did the whole third loop. The whole third. So, um, for those of you who have run Mo or are familiar with Mo, uh, you'll know where this is at. The stretch that leads from um, that leads from Gorge Overlook to the Fire Tower. Uh, after you go over the road and you begin to do a bunch of switchbacks in the Pine area, it is it is one of two of my least favorite sections of Mo. So I'm already cranky beyond all recognition. I will re- rewind and refresh everyone's memories. Ultra runners are a bunch of prima donna. <laughs> Have we said that before? I can't stress enough. I how feel like much that's going to be in every episode. We, because I am too. When oh, I'm, for sure. We are a bunch of prima donna dicks. So by this point, I'm tired, cranky, angry, all these things. And his 900th foot stub and trip was just enough to absolutely set me over the edge. <laughs> It was just, but yeah, uh, so one of my things, and you know, this is just my two cents on it. I really think one of the things that you should have in a pacer is someone who you spend a lot of time with. I think it should be a pacer that you run with, you know, it should be someone you know pretty well. and, And there is for sure situations out there where, like, People have totally stepped in and been phenomenal pacers for strangers. Scott Love is a great example of it. Scott, if you guys don't know Scott Love, that might be one of the most bubbly, upbeat people <laughs> you'll ever meet in your life. Um, so last year at Mo wasn't my year. Uh, I dropped wicked early in the race. Uh, Scott, God love him, drove all the way up from Delaware to pace me, only to get there and be like, "Oh, you're done already." Could have easily. 
easily turned back and headed home. Could have could have done so many of other things. What did he do? Nope. He threw on all his gear and he ran multiple legs as a pacer up there. And and it was crazy. He was literally going into aid stations. Who needs a pacer? Who needs someone to you know shoot the shit with for yeah. the next X amount of miles? And every single person. He didn't turn a single one down. He took them all on and ran. So there are those there are those very rare situations and, and probably even rarer people that are so so bubbly, so uppy, and just so chameleon esque where they can kind of do what the runner needs. That they, for the most part, though, I really think you should be with someone who you are familiar with. That way, like Jonathan was saying, you know what that person needs before they need it. You know, if you can look at a person like oh. This is what he looks like right before he bonks because he hasn't been doing his salt tabs or he hasn't been drinking water and like I can see the ashiness all over the back of his shirt. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Or you know what? When he gets super quiet, it's he's getting ready to bonk. Those are what you really want to have in a pacer. Um, yeah, but. and it's it's like the I know when he needs to eat and that sort of thing. And I think John John helped me out with that with my fifty miler when he crewed me there. Is I I got we kind of talked about with like the, if the aid station bonks you out then you you go into a, like a weird place and that's exactly how it was in my 50 milers the aid station map wasn't laid out the right way and the aid stations were much further apart than they said they were going to be and for whatever reason that got in my head i had plenty of nutrition yeah, on me yeah. i'm like this is two miles further than it should have been and what do we say about prima i can't remember yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah but it's it's those kind of things so he was able to like understand like right when he picked me up for that that second loop at the, the 50 miler um, that I was behind on nutrition. I need to do this. So it was one of those like force feeding me things. It's like everywhere we stopped. I mean, I hadn't had a soda in seven years and John's like, drink this Coke. I'm like, I don't want to. He's like, drink it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then it is, it is really fun to get to do that kind of stuff too. <laughs> well, it's cause sneaking, it, yeah. sneaking, uh, sneaking yeah. caffeine pills into ramen. I'm like, I've been taking, obviously the, the, one of the big things that got me through that race was <laughs> the amount of caffeine that was like <laughs> injected into me. So I would ask John, I'm like, all right, I've had, I've had a caffeine tab. I've had some caffeine gels. I don't need any more caffeine. He's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, no, but I don't. He's like, cool. So then he hands me these like uh, cliff block gummies. I'm like, they don't have caffeine in them, right? And he's like, no, they're good. And I eat them. And I'm like, I know these things have caffeine. And I don't know why. I don't know what to ask. And then we get to a freaking aid station. And he picks up some food for me and then meets me down the trail. And that's when I was actually running pretty good at that point. Yeah, because I had to, I had to like... I had to run. Yeah, you were carrying like a <laughs> bunch of food and you were actually having to run to while you're patient. Like, that's weird. And he gets to me and he has his ramen. And I'm like, all right. So I drink. I'm like, it's like tastes funny. And then like, I take like another swig and then it like, I spit it out because it was like disgusting. And John is just doing his like, his giggle. And you're just like, like, what the hell? Somebody's like, I put a caffeine pill in there. It was, there was a movie. There was a movie back in, I think, maybe 90s, early 2000s, where, like, uh, the guy had to stay high the entire time, or, like, he'd blow up or something like that. That was essentially that race. It's like speed. It was like. But, <laughs> but, but high. But human. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned, like, the, the little games. You know, as a pacer or even a crew person, you never want to lie to your. You never want to detrimentally lie to your to your runner. You don't want to, you know, you, you want to have that trust there. With that being said, maybe one of the greatest lies I was ever I've ever been told in all my years. Uh, I will give a big shout out to Chad Heald, Hallucination One Hundred. Um, we're up there, and I want to say, 
I want to say in my mind, I think I was having, oh, in my mind, I was bonking. In my mind, I was tired, and I, I just couldn't, I just, I can't, I can't move another step, Chad. My feet just won't pick up. And Chad's like, no problem, man. Here, I got this caffeine pill for you. And he gave me a, <laughs> only in ultra running, too, do you take random pills? <laughs> <laughs> they, just hand, they just hand you stuff like, yeah, this is caffeine. Here, sure it is. Totally take this, dude. And so, <laughs> so, so Chad hands me this pill, and I take it. And here's the effects of placebo. I was on cloud nine. I'm like, holy shit, I feel great. Let's do this thing. And like just scampering down the trail, you know, scampering, by the way, in terms of what you do it, uh, this is like high 80s, low 90s at this point. And uh, it wasn't until after the race that he's like, by the way, you know what that pill was? I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, That's good stuff. He's like, yeah, that was like, uh, it was like gas X or something like <laughs> super random <laughs> like that. He's like, yeah, I just gave you a gas X and totally told you it was like yeah, caffeine. Yeah, I told you it was caffeine. Then. Uh, well, you know, so I'm like. That's yeah. a solid trick. And like John said, it's not you're not you're not lying in a way that's actually going to hurt the runner. It's a lot of that is it's you're all in your own head. And if you start thinking of your own yeah. thing, you start trying to do math and you're counting like I'm not going to make the cuts or I'm going to miss this and I miss that. And it's like, no, that's where your pacers there because they're level headed. They actually got some sleep yep. last night. Uh, you know, you know, so part of what we're going to do, you know, like we've already talked about this a little bit, but, you know, we're. You know, giving kudos to you know Pacers and crew and like yeah. So you know, telling some stories. So I don't want to keep joining on about stories, but uh, but I'm going to because I know a ton of really cool people and they deserve to get. There, we we could do like a ten hour episode this, of us telling yeah, us about yeah. the stories. So that so you guys' commute needs to be instead of about forty minutes. You you just 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 keep doing loops around your block. Take a take another loop around two seven. Yeah, you guys don't you know take take a half a day ill time and just listen to rest of this because we got some stories. So. uh Going back to, you know, you're in your own head um, and, and just great crew, great pacers, knowing what to say, how to say it, when to say it. Again, out in Tahoe, and I think I've already told this, but it, it, it just it can be told again, is Keith Flint not running with a watch. And not only not running with a watch, but not running with a watch for a reason. So that when I am out there, I'm like, how far have we gone? He legitimately didn't have to lie to me. <laughs> he, he doesn't old, know. Old boy literally didn't know how far we had gone, how long we've been going. And his answer was quite simple. What does it matter? What are you going to do with that information if I could give it to you? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not speeding up at this point in the game. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to run faster. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't go faster. I, I don't want to go slower, so... <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you I'll know? just keep going. And, and so it's yeah, cr- you know the 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 need for a great pacer who has been there, who has done that. And by the way, a great pacer, yes, they should know. You should know each other. A great pacer, a good pacer doesn't necessarily, although it does help a great deal. A good pacer maybe doesn't had to have actually ran a race. They maybe have, need to be around it. Yeah. They need to have seen it. They need to have maybe been a crew or something like that or no. They need to understand what's going to happen. They need to understand that. You don't want to be surprised with yeah. someone's like in the in the fetal position next <laughs> to a tree, heaving. dry heaving. Where you point to an aid station that looks like a mash unit. <laughs> yeah, you don't want your you don't want your patient to like freak out no. at that. But you know, just if they've been around it, uh, you know, it's funny because we keep sitting there. You need this. You need that. There's always the unicorn. There's always the outlier. Dave Wells last oh, year. Oh gosh. 
Dave Wells absolutely smoked Mohican. Yeah, he's he he's uh, Dave Wells is someone that we're hoping to get on the podcast here in the next few episodes. He's uh he's the luckiest son of a bitch in 2018. Yeah, get, your, get your lottery numbers from him, folks. Yeah, we'll we'll explain what that means. But he's definitely he's turned up the game, and he's just I mean we call just, him Grinder because he just pushes shit out, and you're just, just like a beast. I don't get it. Well, so look at who his pacer was. Yeah. His pacer, I I. I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure his pacer had ever ran anything greater than like a half marathon or something crazy. I think that, I think that sounds about right. Like it was insane. His half his pacer had no clue. Yeah. None. And Dave's like, just hang with me, keep me company. And did and that, that damn yeah. thing. And it worked. So everything we say, guys, it's it's it, it's not it's not, you know, the scripture. It's just a, a decent idea. Yeah. You know, maybe Best practice, but not always proper practice. Yeah, and then kind of going, again, we've been bouncing trail and, and the road as well. Since I do more road races, I have a little more experience with that. But kind of having that that person with you, Kayla, my wife is definitely that person for me with all of my marathons. I mean, she sits at aid stations and is, you know, taking pictures. So I get those sweet-ass profile pictures. So I can get, you know, pictures, but she always, she's there, you know, driving me to races and stuff like that. And that's a, that's a part of your crew. You know, they're, yeah. they're making sure that you're taking care of, you know, in the mornings when I'm getting up, she's making, she's going through a recount of like, do you have all the gels you need? Do you have your headlamp if you need? Do you have your sunglasses? Do you have sunscreen on? Do you have this? More or less is I'm, I, it, it really is. I'm a child <laughs> and I can't, I can't do this by myself. I'm a 30 year old child. Well, I'm a 40 year old child. Jonathan's yeah. a 30 year old child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, get those sweet ass quad picks, Caleb. Yeah, you gotta get. I mean, my legs. I'll post a picture of my legs. We'll take. A, we'll take a picture. <laughs> my legs. We're gonna. All right. We're gonna. We're just gonna pause here for fifteen minutes, and I'm just gonna have John take pictures of me <laughs> in the studio. Um, but yeah, I think we've we've said it. And I mean, we can. Like I said, we can go five hours of talking about all these stories that we have from volunteers and crewing and all of that sort of thing. But really the big point is is these people are sacrificing their own time they're not getting anything out of this a pacer will finish a race john finished the 50 miler with me and went across went to the left of the finish line he got nothing but a nice high five from me and like semi dry heaving afterwards of I held his <laughs> i held his hair back <laughs> All right, that that didn't actually happen. Let's there, make sure there was that's... some there was some back padding though. It's okay, yeah, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. You're, you you're, did great. You're all right. But it's it's one of those you know these volunteers and crew they're using their own time and they don't get half the credit that they deserve. I mean, I think nowadays in trail running we at least were more aware of the volunteers because they do a little more I think than road races. But really, any volunteer you're you're giving your time up for somebody else. And I mean, there's something to be said about societal wise of, you know, maybe if we stop thinking about ourselves every once in a while, the yeah. world would be a better place. That's a lot of work, man. That shit got deep. He I got went, real deep he there. Went there. I, man, this, this, this Vietnamese Porter is doing the job. I'm going to solve world, world hunger. <laughs> it just got so deep. We need plunking helmets on. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's uh, that's our take on volunteering career. Like I said, we could talk a while about it, but uh, we appreciate you guys listening through all of that. But what we like to do at the end of every episode is talk about some local events or things happening in the Central Ohio region. Um, we have a few things here. So yeah, yeah. So I want to give a big. My mine is a little bit further out, so you definitely have time to check this out on Facebook. You definitely have time to look into it. And more importantly, you got time to get this set up on your calendar. It is on February 24th 
is uh, my big thing that I'm actually pretty stoked about, and uh, I'm trying to get some friends to go with me, uh, and, and and hopefully you guys are listening to the podcast. If you're not, you know who you are, and you need to start listening to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but February 24th, um, it, it's something called the PBR 10K, uh, and he's been doing this for a couple years. Now. I think it's four or five years this has been going yeah. on. But uh, this is it's it's this year is the first year it's going to be held at Penn's Mechanical. Um, is it the one in Dublin or downtown? Downtown. Okay. So downtown, uh, I want to say it, it's it starts at noon, it goes until six, but uh, it's it's clearly it's a ten k. It's a forty dollar ticket. So that forty dollars, though, folks, it gets you obviously the ten k. It gets you. Um, it gets you <laughs> all the PBR you can drink. Yes. The sweet nectar of hipsters. As long as it's ice cold. Hipsters unite. PBR. <laughs> uh, get you all the PBR you can handle. You know how many denim shorts you're going to see that yeah, day? Yeah, right, right. All cut off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, PBR. It gets you all the late night slice pizza you can eat while the event is going. So, folks, six hours of PBR and late night slice. That is that is a plumber's dream right there. <laughs> Um, you just better make sure it's your PR 10K. You want to yeah, make sure you maximize yeah. that. Yeah. So you get that. You get those two things. You get um, you get some other swag. Get a shirt. It's a really cool race. He has it set up to where it goes to a charity. Um, I guess a, a better person than me would actually know what char- <laughs> what charity it goes to. We're like all prepped for what um, the, what this race is going to be. John's like, there's going to be PBR and yeah, lots of good yeah. pizza. Let's, let's the money the money goes somewhere. The money does something. Uh, uh, proceeds will benefit programs of directions for youth and family services. So I mean, if that's you can't cool. if you can't get behind something like that, yeah. But uh, and for forty bucks, forty bucks. I mean, you spend more than forty dollars on like a normal ten k, and if you're going to get be unlimited PBR yeah. and and pizza, and yeah. then you're also supporting good cause because I'm sure Pins is probably throwing like a hell of a deal where that most of that forty dollars is going to be going out the door. I, w- sure. I would think so. I mean, for just sure. from sponsors and stuff like that. I'm sure PBR has been like. You mean somebody wants to drink our beer and we're not forcing them to? Right, right, right. You mean we're not the only option at some hot-ass, like, summer festival? <laughs> um, this is really weird. And, and then for the possums who are listening, this is being put on by a fellow possum. So I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, it's uh, Parker Lee Foundation is who put it, who puts it on. Okay. So, um, you know, get behind him, help it out. Uh, I am, I am a solid... Maybe I am like ninety five percent going to be there. I really, the only thing I say stop me from being there is the wife being like, "Hey, no, you idiot! We are supposed to do this with the family." And, yeah. and well, let's be honest, family trumps all. Outside of the wife saying, "No, we're supposed to do this with the family," you knucklehead. I will one hundred percent be there. I will be well. I would say I'd be the bearded guy, but that's let's be honest. <laughs> There's gonna be PBR. You're not gonna be the bearded it's, guy. It's, it's pins and PBR involved, so yeah. I will not be the only bearded guy. Definitely uh, not. But yeah, if John's there, we'll we'll probably go on uh, Instagram live. Speaking of, we do have an Instagram now. We'll talk a little bit about that yeah. in a moment. But um, yeah, with the uh, damn, I just lost my train of thought. Of what the hell so I was gonna say? You were talking. You, you were talking about something else though that was making me think of something with that 10k. I can't think. Well, of it how now. about our how about our hangry race? Yeah, series? so we have hangry race series. Um, I mean, that's pretty that, sweet. Yeah, that race. That's actually the race is going to be in April, so you'll hear me talk about it every every so often. But reg- registration actually starts on the first, which I think is Thursday. Is that sound right or is it Wednesday? 
I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I told you he'll read anything you put on the... Yeah, I think... I, 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 anyway, February 1st is when it starts. I'm a great... We're great race directors, but you don't even know when the race thinks the registration starts. But we're doing a 5K, 10K, 15K over at High Vanks. It's going to be a great course because John and I are going to create it. We haven't created it yet. It's it's going to be... When I say great... Now, when there I, when I say great, there's going to be hills, and it's going to be miserable. So, like, if you think miserable is great, then by all means, you should do this race. Um, we will be supporting an organization that feeds children. Um, I actually have a meeting this week with a couple different organizations before we finalize it, so I'm not going to say an organization yet as we're still finalizing those details, but you can check us out on the Facebook and stuff like that. That's what I was going to say. All of this information is going to be in the show notes. So for the PBR there 10K and everything else that we had talked about, um, all of those are going to be in the show notes. You can check those over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash runbeernbs. Also runningbeernbs.blogspot.com. Yes, we are too cheap to get an actual domain at this point in time. Sponsors hit us up. Yeah, exactly. Was it the Royal? <laughs> the Royal. The that's Royal. <laughs> the Royal. Hey, I, all I need you to do is just ten bucks a month. That's that's, all. that's it. Come on, come on. I know, I know what we spent down there, Royal. <laughs> yeah. I know you got that yeah. in the budget. Then twenty eight dollars shots. You know you ain't paying that much for that bottle. <laughs> you know you didn't. I'm do not. That. I'm not the only gringo down here drinking yeah. that for twenty eight bucks a shot. So we're talking a little bit about Instagram. Um, you can reach out to us on all the socials at Run Beer and BS. We are now on Instagram, so we are going to be doing more Instagram live stuff. John and I both have it on our phones, so it's going to be dangerous. Just like us being random and yeah. it's going to be pretty fun. But d definitely check it out. John had posted some recent stuff, some runs Ronnie did with his wife, Ronnie did with Mark and some other little things there. We're going to the Instagram story is definitely going to be the place you're going to want to hit up. Uh, almost all of the live stuff is going to be on Instagram. Facebook's cool, but I don't know. I really I really enjoy Instagram as a platform there. Well, my 14 year old daughter will tell you that uh, Facebook is for for moms. So I don't I know what that's yeah, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, Jordan yeah, on your thanks, day, but, uh, thanks, yeah. thanks, 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 daughter. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, so. <clears throat> but yeah, so we're gonna be we're gonna be pretty heavy hitting on uh Instagram. Wow, you need to take a picture of that. So John just showed me his glass and the residue that's left from this Vietnamese porter that we are now finishing by the end of this podcast. But it's uh it's pretty it's pretty gnarly how that's just sitting to the edge of the glass. So I'm not there. sure is that uh, you know who we need? We need one of the Stasis. We need Don or Liz. To, to decipher is that sugars that's in there is that yeast that's got to so. be the sugars because yeast would yeast dissolves pretty quick i thought i, I don't know we'll I take we'll take a picture and we'll reach out to the stasis it'll, it'll be on instagram stasis yeah, it'll be on Let's instagram stasis if you're not listening to the stasis this far <laughs> into the podcast shame on you but yes you can reach us on all the socials at run beer and bs we are pretty active on there so um we'd love to hear about your training runs races you have coming up events that are happening beers you're drinking um kind of a foreshadowing of what's happening we actually reached out we got in touch with uh, someone here in Ohio. I'm not going to give any things away, but there is a trip coming up soon that basically came from a conversation. So, you know, we can definitely, uh, I think it'll definitely be a good time to, uh, to reach out to us and, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll plan a little run together. Always a good time. Yeah, I think that'd be great. So, yeah, any beer recommendations, topic ideas? We'd love to hear about your training and races and all of that jazz. If you do like the podcast, please, 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 we'd love if you gave it a nice rating. Um, even if you don't like it, give it a rating so we know what we could do better. Uh, leave a comment on iTunes because that's how other people know if this podcast is worth listening to. Um, I think it is. 
I think so too. I think we. Uh, I might just be lying to myself. No, I don't think so. I think we. <laughs> I think we. I mean, we hit all the things. We, you know, we start drinking a beer, and then we uh, we do a little BS. Yeah, yeah. And then we talk about running. I kind of think we hit exactly what the name of this podcast is. It's almost like we thought of what we we're going to do. It's we. It's we had the thought, and we're like, you know, what would be a good name. No, that wouldn't be it because that's not what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And we're like, no, but maybe it is. But we are going to BS. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so thank you again for checking out episode three of Running Beer and BS. John, you got anything else for him? I have nada. Sounds good. We will catch you guys next week. Peace.